Hello, Planeswalkers, and welcome to another episode of Daily MTG Podcast. I'm your host, Trick Jarrett, here with my two co-hosts, Gavin Verhey and Tifa Mayan. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. Awesome. <laughs> Fantastic, right? <laughs> yeah. We just keep making up one word. Adjectives. Adjectives. That's how we're doing. Every day. Sure, sure, we can do that. We have not been here for a while. We haven't had time. We're all we're all busy people here at Wizards, you know. I made the cardinal sin though. I I committed the ultimate crime and I actually went on vacation. So that's that's part of the reason we haven't had, had an episode in a while. Isn't every day like vacation? You get to come into Wizards of the Coast, man. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I love my job. I love doing what I'm doing. But I also did move across the country to be here, so I've got family back in Florida I have to go see. And I'm not saying I didn't work while I was on vacation, <laughs> but I wasn't in the building. And since we record in person, sitting across the table from each other, it makes it kind of difficult to record an episode. How but, uh, dare you go on vacation? I know. And that's like I said, I've learned my lesson and never again. <laughs> I will never leave this building. But uh, we've had some exciting things going on. I mean, what's up with that? This is the crazy part of the year. But right now, we just had Dragon's Maze release. Right. By the time this comes out, Modern Masters will be out. And then we have M14 come up in just a couple months. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> not, not to mention D14's Duels of the Planeswalkers. Right, Duels. Right on the horizon. I mean, yeah, absolutely. That's an exciting little sneak peek at Magic 2014. Yeah. It seems crazy to me to think that, you know, all of this stuff is going on, but Dragon's Maze just happened. Like, it's literally like four weeks ago or five weeks ago, and I have been loving playing with it, guys. Like, playing, I, I played Commander just last night with my my Dragon's Maze updated decks, and <laughs> let me tell you what, Varols is still a beast. I know I've talked about him multiple times on the podcast, but had him in my Carador deck, and holy cow, is that guy good. Yeah, he's in my standard deck, actually. He was like the added card from Dragon's Maze to go into my Simic standard deck, and yeah. he's been quite the addition. <laughs> Have you built any commander decks around the Maze Runners yet? I haven't yet, but I, I'm starting, I just started a Twitter project of building a uh, deck with my Twitter followers, <laughs> and, and actually we're going to build around Varel, and so he's the card that we're building around so far, but I haven't built a full one yet. That sounds like a really fun project. You all should follow Trick MTG on Twitter so you can help out. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I mean, we've been drafting the whole Return to Ravnica block now, and that's an awesome draft. Yeah, it is. I, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. And speaking of Return to Ravnica block draft and Dragon's Maze in general, you were at the Pro Tour, right? I oh. mean, you saw the pros got, get to draft it front and center. So before you took your cardinal <laughs> evil vacation, you did right. do a little thing called going to the Pro Tour, which right. you know, led you to see it played at the highest level of the game, and that was a pretty exciting event. Yeah, I mean, it was a great event. We had, you know, top players from around the world gathering in San Diego, playing Return Ravnica block constructed, as well as drafting the complete block. And we got to see how they draft. We got to see some of the picks. We got to see some of the, the drama that's built up around it. And in fact, we just had an episode on Daily MTG of the new Friday Nights episode from Loading Ready Run. And they... They do a great, you know, video about watching a Pro Tour replay party, and they have the, they're they're wearing team jersey shirts and stuff like that. It's really cool. Check it out on DailyMTG.com. But the Pro Tour was awesome. You're absolutely right. I forgot all about that because it happened before the Evil Vacation. <laughs> <laughs> led directly into it. So I was actually out of the office for almost two weeks because of both of those things. Uh, but Dragon's Maze draft has been awesome. I'm still loving to do it. But now, of course, we have Modern Masters coming up, and we're going to have a special guest later this episode from the Modern Masters development team. Uh, I, won't, I won't spoil who it is. You'll have to stay tuned to find out. But with Modern Masters, we also have this amazing event coming up, Grand Prix Las Vegas, which is going to feature Modern Masters sealed and is already... 
racing towards the history books as the largest Grand Prix in North America, if not ever. Because as of a little bit before this recording, they were already over 1,600 pre-registered players. That's with two weeks to go? That's with two weeks to go. So like, if they were to start the event right now, it's in the top like 15 largest GPs in North America ever, wow. I think. And this is still two weeks of pre-registration, not to mention the people who just show up. And it's in Vegas. And it's Magic Players. And it's mod- six packs of Modern Masters. Yeah. Yeah, and this limited format, I mean, people are going to get to draft it very soon. In fact, by the time this comes out, you'll already have been able to draft it. And it's probably my favorite booster limited format of all time. I mean, Cube is probably my favorite, but when it comes to opening up boosters and drafting, Modern Masters is just as good as it gets. It is so much fun to play. Yeah. I think you guys are going to have a blast. And Tim Shields, the tournament organizer for Grand Prix Las Vegas, is really pulling out all the stops for this event. There's a lot of really cool things going on at Grand Prix Las Vegas. He has ten artists coming to the GP. He has 10 artists. Steve Argyle, Tom Baxa, Darkin, Michael C. Hayes, Chuck Lukacs, Anson Maddox, RK Post, Chris Ron, Mark Teeden, and one of my favorites, because he did the original Kiki Jiki art, <laughs> Pete Venters. Pete Venters is also an incredibly awesome guy and they're, super yeah. fun to talk to. They're all awesome guys. I, I, I had a great conversation actually with Pete Venters also. Uh, my first packs, I got to talk with him and talk about my love for Kiki Jiki. And ha- he did the original Goblin Token, the first Goblin Token Wizards ever produced. He did the art mm-hmm. for, and so I had him mm-hmm. sign all of those that I have. But that whole list of artists is awesome. Yeah, that's a great list. And with having those artists there, he's doing an art gallery, the four modern masters art, where it's like an actual like museum style display of here is high quality large printouts or large originals of the art and modern masters that people can go view if they're at Grand Prix Las Vegas. It's going to be a spectacle. And with all those artists there, too, I mean, I think Chris Ron, he did the swords, right? The new swords. So, I mean, there's some, like, a lot of cool stuff you could open in your modern masters packs. You're going to want to get signed. The artists are there. I I feel like like, Tim has really just pulled out everything for this event, and I am so ecstatic. I'm going to be there. Uh, I won't be added to the player account because I can't play in the event, but I'll be wandering (laughs) around and hopefully getting in some side modern master drafts with friends and just seeing people and watching the great event unfold. And I'm excited to just see how this all comes together as one of the greatest tournaments this year, if not in the past several years, if not in Magic's history. Right. Well, and this set was built to draft. Like It is designed specifically for an awesome draft experience, and that's like really where the heart of this product is. Right in that are these great archetypes which are super fun and exciting. Right. I've had the pleasure of playing two of the archetypes already. Um, I've really enjoyed Thalids, and then the blue-white artifact deck was also a lot of fun. How, I, what have you guys played? I got to do a bad dredge. Like I, I tried to go dredge and didn't quite get there, but I still <laughs> had a great time playing it. And I've gotten to do a very a, a sort of split. Like I, I never really committed to Rebels, and I never really committed to Giants, but I didn't really get... Qu- critical on both so i had to sort of walk the line on both of those and uh i think i won one match out of that but it's just so interesting to try to draft these unusual archetypes or archetypes that we might have drafted years ago in these new forms i remember drafting giants uh in lower one block so i remember playing both of those i remember doing dredge definitely in college with during original ravnica and holy cow it's amazing to actually have all of these together yeah, and for me, like I didn't play back then, so this is my first time to see a lot of these right. amazing cards from Magic's history, and then do it in my favorite format of drafting. Uh, I'm really enjoying the product. 
Yeah, it's been an absolute blast. Whether you've played for a long time or you get to experience this for the first time, there's a lot of great stuff going on here, a lot of old favorites, and some really cool cross synergies too, right? You have some old decks like Dredge you might expect, but there are new cards, right? Like you're playing your black-green Dredge deck, and you could get Masked Admirers, you could get Reach of Branches. So there's some cool stuff going on there that really enables some new takes on old archetypes, and it's a ton of fun. I mean, I played this when it was in development, and it's changed and... Uh, a little bit here and there, and become this wonderful, wonderful product, and um, it's a lot of fun to draft. My favorite archetypes, I actually end up in Giants a lot, because Giants are super underrated, but I love Thalids, and inevitably, I feel like in most drafts, I get an Aaron Ephemeron way later than I should, and I just end up going to blue. So there's a lot of really cool stuff you can do in this set, whether you want to stick to an archetype or build something crazy on your own. There are a lot of build-around rares you can just first pick and just go nuts with. So it is really unlike any format I've ever played. Yeah, and while I recommend the archetypes, there was one other time that I played it where I didn't fall into an archetype, but I was mono green, only splashing two blue cards. So there's other things that you can do, too. Like it, It's quite the great set. I know that me and my fiancé are actually going to build a cube out of all the Modern Masters cards that we get, so we can just keep doing this over and over again. Right. It's really awesome. I can't wait. I'm really jealous of you, Gavin, for getting to go to GP Las Vegas. <laughs> I, I was going to go. I was talking to the wife about going and wasn't able to go. And you have the trick stamp approval. It's a guaranteed amazing experience if you go to Las Vegas at this point for this event. It's coming up in June, just a few weeks. It's uh, The main event It was running June 22nd through 23rd. The hall is going to be open with side events and the Grand Prix trials starting June 21st. It's at the Cashman Center in Las Vegas. If you want to find out more information, go to CascadeGames.com or go to Wizards.com. You know, go to Daily MTG, and we'll have you'll, you'll be able to find the uh, Grand Prix info page on there. But holy cow, Modern Masters draft! I think the cube you talked about, Tifa, is awesome. Yeah, uh, I, I, that's a great idea. More people, I'm sure that you're. Not going to be the only person to do that. I hope not. It's a great idea. And again, like it's built for it. So really, you know, this is the best way to experience it is just I, keep doing it. <laughs> I know it's a great idea because you haven't seen this episode of Friday Nights yet, but that's also in this episode of Friday Nights. Great. Well, I will watch that episode immediately after recording this podcast. That's right. Great minds think alike. So, we're back with our special guest. We haven't told the listeners who you are yet, so please, who are you? I'm Ryan Spain. I'm a digital designer in R&D, and I was uh, one of the developers on Modern Masters. We are excited to have you here. Uh, you, who did you work with? You worked with uh, Eric Lauer and... Eric uh, Lauer and Sean Main. Sean Main, yeah. After uh, Max McCall and Aaron Forsyth handed off uh, the design. Right. You know, what were the goals for Modern Masters? What, what did you guys come into it wanting to do? Well, we wanted to, uh, of course, uh, get more modern cards into the, the community and make more cards available. Right. But we also wanted to create a really cool play experience. And it was an, it was an opportunity. Like, besides just making these cards available, what can you do? Let's make it let's let's break some rules with what we do now <clears throat> in terms of complexity and be, be, being able to make a really advanced draft set you know something right. that uh, that takes the the modern rules of well modern's probably a bad, <laughs> bad way to put it uh, to to take the rules we currently use to make our expansions and throw those out the window and say let's let's just go really deep here and the result is something that is somewhere between kind of Time spiral block draft and cube, you know. Right. So. Yeah. When I was talking to Marshall Sutcliffe, your former limited resources co-host, mm -hmm. he, he told me that it really felt like it's draft set for drafters. I mean, right. this is what the hardcore drafter wants to play, and there's a lot of really 
intricate things going on in the games, which is exciting to that kind of player who drafts a ton and wants their draft games to be really dynamic and exciting and fresh. Yeah, and the, one of the reasons the team was what it was is that uh, Eric brought the tournament drafter perspective, I brought the Magic Online drafter perspective, and Sean brought the casual drafter perspective. So, Well, as as a fellow drafter, I'm very, very excited for the set, and I think you did a great job having played it a few times already. Yeah. It was interesting. One of the things we did for the preview was is that we brought Marshall in, and mm-hmm. you had, we actually got to do a draft in-house with him beforehand so that he was all up-to-date and, and able to write the three articles he did for Modern Masters. And it was great seeing his response as, like you, a, a, a lover of the draft format and the person who's but he didn't have any knowledge of the set coming in. And so it was really interesting to see his sort of like, whoa, this is in here? Oh, wow, these cards do this thing? And then like the realization of how changelings do so much work in, in Modern Masters, you right. know, supporting all of the different tribes and stuff like that. I, I always say that in many ways we are puzzle creators right. at Wizards of the Coast, and this is just a great puzzle. Yeah, absolutely. I, you, you started talking about some of the, the different tribes and stuff like that. Um, let's talk about the color pairs and sort of what – how you guys tackled the problem of building this, the, the puzzle of building this limited format? Uh, well, Eric is is very much someone who, uh, when he's looking at the limited format of a set he works on, he wants to make sure that all ten color pairs have something to do, especially more and more people are identifying as, I'm a Boros drafter, you know, the, the, the color pairs are a strong thing for people, and so we want you to be able to come into basically any limited format, and if that's your favorite if that's your jam you know that you can find it in the right. set so we very deliberately wanted to make sure that every color pair had something to do and so in exploring that we asked ourselves okay well let's look at these color pairs and uh, make sure that uh, let's try and find something either iconic in draft archetypes of the past or constructed archetypes of the past and bring them into uh, the the Modern Masters draft format. Uh, and again, Aaron and Max did a lot of that work up front as well. Right. Uh, we just had to kind of tune that and make sure that all of the pairs were represented. And, you know, then we end up play testing and figuring out, oh, this, this was a nice, a great example is a, a Soul Shift was actually the uh, black white color pair mm-hmm. out of design. And I, I thought it was really cool. There was a lot, you know, there's so many spirits throughout magic. Soul Shift uh, allows you, uh, when the creature dies to, uh, is it a creature? Anyway, you, you bring back spirits from your graveyard. And it turns out there's a lot of spirits in magic. And so right. there's this great cross-block synergy with Soul Shift that I was really excited about. But ultimately, it just it never was successful. Like, it was very hard to draft it successfully. And so then we end up saying, well, what other... Uh, black-white options do we have throughout Magic and looking at past constructed oh, well, there's Rebels that, uh, you know, are an iconic archetype from the past that had its comeback in Time Spiral, so we had a lot of that uh, going on there, and, and we tried that out, and again, you take Rebels uh, from Time Spiral and you throw in Changelings from uh, Lorwyn, and you get this great cross-block synergy there so that your rebels can search up even changelings and things right. like that. And that just that's the kind of interactions we were looking for as we were figuring out what to bring in and what to put out. Nice. 
you, you mentioned how Soul Shift changed into Rebels. Mm-hmm. Another one that I know you guys changed was that Fairies wasn't originally in the file uh, for Modern Masters. Right. Uh, the blue-black pairing was actually uh, ninjutsu was the mechanic uh, for blue-black early. And again, uh, you know, there, there were things that I, you know, as you develop stuff, you become attached to the stuff that you do like about it, and right. it, it can be very hard to let it go. So, like, I can't tell you how much I wanted to ninjutsu my <laughs> mole drifter into <laughs> right? And it was like, uh, but uh, between uh, it both, it was not quite as iconic as fairies, and also uh, we ended up using ninjutsu in uh, the plane chase, the second plane chase set. Uh, and we want to, you know, give some space and distance between uh, stuff we mechanics we bring back in different products. So we wanted to move away from ninjutsu and figured, fey, you know, the fairies are, are is about as iconic as it gets for magic in the last decade. So absolutely, yeah, fairies were definitely something that I had heard a lot about, um, and that was before I played magic. So I'm excited to see fairies in the set. For the first time, um, and I've I've seen some ninjutsu too, but I definitely hear way more about fairies because it was like such a great piece of magic history that people still talk about and love. Mm-hmm. I mean, Modern Masters does kind of capture a lot of that history there, right? You've got like a dredge deck, a fairies deck, like a lot of the really powerful stuff from the past several years that players you know loved or hated depending on which side you were on. Um, although I would certainly miss the early playtest drafts, right? I would like pick up my fire mock with my ninja to do powers. <laughs> that, that was a good time. Yeah, sure, exactly. So I think one of the other things that players are really curious about is what you can tell us about what you guys did or how you tackled the the need to balance, you know, as you said, getting important modern cards out there while also building this awesome limited format. Uh, how did you guys go about that? Was it was there a specific strategy, or was it just a sort of constant mantra? What, what did you guys do? Uh, I think for the most part it just kind of worked out in the sense that uh, the reason a lot of the modern staples that are in Modern Masters the reason they're staples is because they're just generically good, powerful magic cards, mm-hmm. and uh, they can be a part of any successful archetype. You know that you're that you're drafting if you're in, with, in those colors. Uh, so really, it was about uh, massaging the commons and uncommons. You know, we we knew what rares we wanted to include in the set. Tarmogoyf just fits. If you're running a green deck, uh, enough stuff ends up in the graveyard. It's a fine fine card to run. Right. You know? it's, so, it's just good. Yeah, we don't we, we don't need to warp any uh, in draft archetypes around it. Uh, so for the most part, that kind of stuff just worked out. Or like kitchen finks at uncom you know the uncommons, even the the really powerful uncommons that we've path to exile. So there's all these things that we knew. Well, gosh, we're, we we got to have Path to Exile in this set. We got to have Kitchen Finks in this set, and turns out those are just good limited cards. Right. Uh, I mean, you talk about the rarities, and mm-hmm. those cards, uh, Tarmogoyf obviously moved from rare to mythic, but like uh, Kitchen Finks stayed an uncommon. Mm-hmm. But there were other things that were shifted up and down. Like there were a fair number of rarity shifts in this set. Yeah, and that was all about the needs of the different archetypes we were trying to build mm-hmm. and uh, what needed to show up more often. Uh, so a good, you know, dampen thought was a popular draft archetype in the Kamigawa block where you could mill somebody, uh, you know, cause someone to deck themselves uh, with repeated use of uh, arcane and splicing onto arcane with dampened thought. But we really wanted to push that as a, as a way to go with this, so make it common. You know, so dampened thought is now from uncommon to common, so it's a re- really anchored as a, as a true strategy of the format instead right. of this thing you can get sometimes if the uncommons just happen to be there. So... Uh, in other cases, 
Like uh, one of my favorite cross-block synergy choices we made is actually the retrace dredge pairing right. in uh, green and black. Uh, and that's it's a really interesting, you know, so you're dredging retrace cards into your graveyard and then you can retrace and that's really neat. Uh, but it wasn't, uh, it was it was a little underpowered. Uh, and so one of the later changes we made, uh, Sean Main thought, uh, you know, can we get away with uh, taking worm harvest and moving it to uncommon? And it was like, ah, that's great. It's yeah. like, and the thing is, in a in a regular release, we would never put a card as complicated as uh, and, and obviously kind of rare as worm harvest in the uncommon slot. But for the needs of that archetype and for the needs of this draft format, we had the flexibility to do that. So in, a, in in one way, where we were trapped by the fact that this is all reprints, we can't make up new cards. But in another way, we were completely freed by not being under the restriction of the New World Order where our commons and uncommons had to be very, uh, you know, our, our commons in particular had to be uh, simpler. Uh, we could go for complexity and take uh, these complex cards at higher rarities and bring them down. Right. It's amazing really what you, you can do just by moving rarities around, right? I mean, right. you were limited by your cards, but it just shows how much depth there is in Magic across all these years by pulling stuff together and changing the rarities a little bit. You get a whole new experience out of it. Right. And it's a really fun, dynamic experience on top of that. Yeah, it just it changes the frequency of what shows up and when, and that absolutely dramatically impacts what kind of archetypes you can build. You know, Petals of Insight uh, moving to Common as an arcane spell, again, really help, helps with the dampened thought. Uh, archetype. Um, we did move some stuff in other directions, like uh, good old buddy Moldrifter is probably never should have been common and right. uh, <laughs> is now uh, appropriately uncommon. Right. And uh, I remember Max was tearing people apart with Storm decks until Desperate Ritual got moved to uncommon. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of small changes like that. Yeah. So you, sometimes you move it too. Yeah. You're just like, oh, we're a little too heavy in this direction. Let's uh, make it show up less often and move move it up. We've mentioned a lot of mechanics so far. We talked about dredge. We talked about retrace. We talked about splice. We talked about all these different mechanics. How did you guys go about, you know, sort of coalescing all of those mechanics together, not making it just feel like random one-offs, random things in the in the set? Well, you need glue to hold the different things together. And, uh, you know, uh, just like it did for Lauren Block itself, Changeling is an amazing glue mechanic, right? right. So you can, anything, if you're, if you're, we made a conscious effort to be tribal on some levels so that uh, you could, uh, have that kind of uh, glue for changelings there. But also it comes to having a core in those two colors, but then making sure that you're putting things in the other colors for a splash or that, you know, that the, there are ways to get creative. So that we're not just locking you, oh, you better pick exactly these two colors and not stray at all. So, for example, uh, the uh, uh, white-blue is the, you know, uh, aggressive artifact deck, which is a deck I really like. But, you know, Pyrite Spellbomb is in there, too. So if you splash a little red and get, you know, the Vivid Lands are a great way to uh, uh, fix little splashes for the, the color pair you focused on. So you can be a, a white-blue artifact deck, but run a Vivid Meadow, uh, or the, the white or the red, the white or the blue Vivid Land, and then you can run Executioner's Capsule or a Pyrite Spellbomb, or, and then, so, the kind of the blue-green mechanic is more uh, multi... It's like ramp, good stuff, multicolor sunburst. So there's a lot of sunburst cards in, but those sunburst cards cross over into the uh, artifact archetype as well. So you just look for 
places that uh, there's a there's some overlap so that not everything it's you're not sectioning off each color pair from everything else but there's right. enough overlap that you know, I, I, if I don't take this the guy doing sunburst might take this or if I don't you know so it creates a little tension there there's well. a spectrum or, or gradient of all the mechanics basically so that right. they, they have you have this continuous line of overlap between from set end to set end that's that's awesome it's perfect yeah I'm really excited for Modern Masters. Uh, I know you guys have had a great time working on it. You guys did a great job working on it. And uh, I know people inside this building have had a great time drafting it. And I know fans, by the time this comes out, will have had a great time drafting it as well. Yeah. And I know, you know, I'm also – I work primarily on Magic Online here, and uh, I love the future that Modern Masters – has on Magic Online. So even if uh, if eventually the the paper product is not available in stores, we'll always have the ability on Magic Online to dip back into that right. as a as a fun experience to come back to. So yeah, uh, the, the paper set is already out. It's coming to Magic Online. I don't have the date in front of me, but it will be in the next couple of weeks. Right. And uh, there will be a, a two-own release, and then after that, we'll be running uh, Phantom events on Magic Online, so it can continue to run longer. Right. Out of curiosity, Ryan, what is your favorite archetype to draft in Modern Masters? If you could just go in and you're like, I'm going to force an archetype and want to draft this one, which one is it? I think my favorite might be the blue-white artifacts, but I th- I think probably what I've drafted most often is green-blue uh, splashing a little bit. There's enough there's enough good green mana fixing uh, that you can the, – the, the blue-green sunburst, base blue-green, but with – Reaching into sunburst, uh, reaching to other colors for sunburst and for tromp the domains, which is a, you know, another uh, <laughs> a big card for that, uh, is a, is a way to, to to go. That's a lot of fun. I just can't resist efficiency and card advantage. So like I see big, <laughs> cheap green, huge monsters and card drawing, and I just get drawn to it, and then I end up uh, reaching out a little bit into. Yeah. If you like efficiency and card advantage, Modern Masters is the format for you. Yeah. So. <laughs> It is. It is very much so. Yeah, it was a great experience. It was my. It was the first uh, set I worked on uh, after I got here, and watching Eric Lauer lead this development effort was was watching a master. You know, right. no pun intended. But I, I actually <laughs> described it. Uh, it felt like uh, he's a fast worker. He's very smart. He he can just see things and acts on them quickly. Uh, and we sit in meetings with the, the, all these sheets of paper out in front of us with printouts of all these different options and we're crossing things off and marking things off and, and Eric will just make these snap decisions and say, oh, okay, let's do that and we'll go play test it. And I, I said it was like Eric was our New York cab driver and Sean <laughs> and I were in the back seat just holding on. <laughs> left, left, right, ah! <laughs> what a great visual. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Lauer as a New York taxi driver. Now that's a taxi I'm not sure I want to ride in. I could talk about that. I would definitely ride in that taxi. Yeah. I could see that for yeah. sure. So what, what guild are you? What, what guild Ravnica guild are you? It's funny. I always thought that I was Is it? Mm-hmm. And then had an experience where I was I got outraged over somebody's failure to follow the rules that were laid out <laughs> clearly. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm Azorius. That, that, <laughs> that terrifying <laughs> moment I, when I you had realize that re- revelation. <laughs> right? No, I have to accept that I'm actually Azorius. Sure. So, <laughs> so blue green is your favorite archetype, Tifa. You, you've drafted this a couple times. What, what which would you say is your favorite to have done so far? Um, I did really like the blue white artifact, mm-hmm. but I think Thalid was my favorite one. Yeah, um, we didn't even play. talk about Thalid. Thalid oh, is yeah. an awesome mm-hmm. inclusion as well. 
Yep, and uh, Thalids, Thalids are fun. And again, the, the green creatures in the set are just really efficient. And uh, so, yes, you're making Thalids, but really, <laughs> more yeah. importantly, you're making five fives for four. And that's probably why I like the Thalid deck so much, right. is that you're playing Thalids, but then you also have the like dinosaurs for you know four mana five fives and like other giant green creatures that you can throw into that Thalid deck. Right, and so and that's a good like we included um, Echoing Courage, which is you know plus two plus two to all creatures of the of that name, and so Thalids they turn out to all have the same <laughs> name, but so do the Goblin tokens created by Empty the Warrens for right. the Storm deck, and you know so there's again these cards that can fit and help out these different strategies in interesting ways and. You know, and a lot of, uh, in, besides being I, uh, looking for iconic archetypes of the past, we also took it as an opportunity to uh, play with mechanics and uh, archetypes that we just won't ever really do again in a new set. This was an opportunity to, like, revisit them and put them in a context where, they're you know, they're really fun and interesting and, and nostalgic for people who do like the Storm decks right. and constructed. And So, Ryan, you mentioned there were a bunch of different uh, kind of mechanics in the set. What did it take to get it in the set? Because there's a lot of like weird mechanics floating around. Like, mm-hmm. what were the metrics you guys used to figure out how a mechanic fit in the in the set, especially with all these weird rare mechanics floating around? Well, again, we were looking looking for overlap, uh, looking for. And we just asked, we like, you know, again, starting from point of color pairs, we need something for every color pair. Well, what are we going to do? What are we doing for red and white? Well, uh, samurai or, or a red white option. Again, you're restricted by the range. You know, we weren't doing anything post Alara block, so. Uh, th- that was out the window. And, but you look and, well, red, white, uh, it turns out a lot of people mentioned that they really enjoyed Giants. And so it was, it, it's an opportunity. Like Giants, as I remember it, was not a place I wanted to be in Lorwyn block draft. Yet when you start bringing in Giants from uh, other formats and when you first pick that Lightning Helix or whatever, suddenly a red, white Giant deck has a lot more teeth in uh, in Modern Masters than it may have had in its original format. And uh, But mainly it was just about... Uh, Finding things that played well with other things going on in the set, and uh, and held their own in testing. You know, there there were things we cut because it was just like it was a great idea, but uh, it was not strong enough to compete with the other things going on here, uh, or it was too isolated. Like we could do that, but it's just in this box on its own over here, and we really want things to uh, uh, to to play well with each other. And the metric you guys used what is, was it had to be three cards with that mechanic to show oh, up. Oh yeah, right? yeah. So I thought you were talking about it, it, archetypes in general, but yes, for um, uh, for choosing whether to use a specific keyword, if we if we decided that we were going to, oh, I really want this card with this keyword. Well, then we had to commit to it with at least three uh, cards of that keyword. We didn't want a bunch of one-offs uh, around the set. So if we had a keyword, it had to be. In three places, at least. Right. So even with Delve, there's you know Logic Knot and Tombstalker and Death Rattle, and we somehow got all the Delve cards in Delve. there, or all the cards minus one, maybe. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. It was uh, again as my first experience uh, on a team, and especially basically working for Eric Lauer on the project. It was it was uh, enlightening, but also intense because he's he he will give you pop quizzes. Like so, he'll call. He I remember at one point he uh, he called out for me across the pit. Ryan, what's the most powerful color? And this is like early middle development, so this all got balanced out and changed. But he's like, "What's the most powerful color in Modern Masters right now?" And I was like, uh, "Black." It's like correct. <laughs> and, and why? Why is that? And I'm like, uh, 
there's too many dark banishing effects at common and uncommon. Correct! <laughs> like, yes, I passed Eric's test. <laughs> I want to please the master. You know? I used to sit across from Eric Lauer in the pit, and so I do ask questions like that all the time. And when Modern, modern Masters was going on, constantly be things like, all right, name three cards of this color we could potentially put in. Oh, I was thinking of those ones too. What a coincidence, right? right? Yeah, you're so happy when you're... Right. <laughs> I thought like Eric Lauer. What? That's great. Right. Yeah. All right, sometimes he'll ask you questions too. Like, he'll shout across the pit, I need a card to fill this hole. What do you think would be a good option, right? Eric's really good at polling everybody else and kind of taking the common consensus. I remember once, like, I was across from him and he was like, I need a good green creature I can put down to common that's a big a big fatty. And I was like, how about Imperiosaur? And then Imperiosaur got in the set, you know? It's like yeah. he, he asks a lot of other people for their opinions to kind of, uh, you know, help gauge how they'll help out the set from other people's perspectives. Yeah. Yes, he is not at all vain about that kind of thing. And, and one of his great strengths is the ability to collaborate with the people around him and take advantage of the magic knowledge that surrounds him. You know, he has a lot of it, but there, but you just never know uh, where your idea is going to come from if you if just willing to ask the group around you. So, yeah. I'm wondering if every department has its own Eric Lauer because I definitely feel the same way with Mark Purvis. Where like if he comes <laughs> up to me and asks me a question, I want to answer that question right. Right. Yeah. You, you, I'm sure there is. I think it's definitely beneficial. I think every department should have its own Eric. Lauer. <laughs> yeah. uh, unfortunately, though, we are running out of time. Uh, the, the clock has struck. The bell has told we, we must wrap up this conversation but Ryan it's awesome having you on thanks for coming back thanks sure, for talking anytime. about Modern Masters and we will be having you back I'm sure uh, I have been your host Trick Jarrett you can find me on Twitter TrickMTG uh, you can find I'm Gavin Verhey you can find me on Twitter at Gavin Verhey and I want to say it's been a pleasure having you on Ryan always good to hear you on a podcast thank you and I'm Tifa Mayan you can find me at Tifa Mayan on Twitter I'm Ryan Spain I'm Ryan Spain on Twitter so and easy. We're also original. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, there's uh, efficiency and ease of use. That's a- right. And we will see you all next time. <laughs>